Welcome to P&G's Dog Training Tips, a podcast providing advice and support to pet dog owners and dog training enthusiasts. Hosted by dog trainers Paula Stone and Georgia Selby and featuring special guest trainers from far and wide. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. We hope you enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Hello, mate. Hello. You all right? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. Not too bad. Well, here we are in the Lake District. I know, yeah. The adventures we're getting on with this podcast, eh? I know. Today we've got a very special guest with us. I know, I but know. But we'll come to that later. There we are. I'm excited. But it's been a while since our last podcast, Georgia. What have you been up to? So, as you know, I've been busy with the game season with my own dog, Little Barry, in the beating line, which he's been doing fab with. I've also been busy with the Cheshire Dogs Home, um, one-to-ones, and also I've been busy, uh, just got myself a field, haven't I? Certainly so, have, certainly have. So I'll be hosting classes there soon, so I can start my gun dog classes soon, uh, which will be looking at April. So I'm super excited about that, and I can have my one-to-ones there, so I'm really excited. Um, but you've got something else coming up very soon, haven't you? Oh, I have. I've got a gun dog workshop at your place. Certainly Introduction. have. Yeah, yeah, super excited about that. I've already got a few bookings on that. Yeah, so there's only 50% places left, I think. It's only been live a couple of days. Yeah, so, yeah going to put it out yesterday. It's going to be exciting. 22nd of February, that know, is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and it's going to be a regular thing, hopefully, at yours. So that should be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So what about you? What have you been up to? Well, just ticking over the business, really. Um, I've had several poorly pets to deal with, so I've just been concentrating on work and them, really. But, yeah, nothing really much to update you on there. So we're in the lakes today, and we've got the uh, wonderful Chris Mancini with us. Oh, she's sitting here waiting patiently, not making us laugh. (laughs) As if. It's hard for her to be patient here. Not easy with you two ladies. Welcome, Chris. Welcome to our podcast. We are super excited to have you on. Lovely to be here. Thank you both. We should say it's not the first time we've met Chris. No, it's not. So Chris um, was, we met Chris on the uh, fantastic instructor course of the APDT. Um, Chris is chair of APDT and she is one of the wonderful teachers that we met there. And if it wasn't for Chris, I don't think two would be where we are really well for me anyway well, so she's certainly been an inspiration she you? has certainly <laughs> ladies <laughs> she's like oh, me but let's not tell all of no Chris's we won't stuff, because we want chris, chris wants to, to do that doesn't yeah she? she does so with that in mind chris please can you tell us a bit about yourself i'm um not actually from the lake district you probably gather from my accent i'm from north london originally um, I moved up to Cumbria about three or four years ago. Previous to that, in in um, North London, I worked for almost thirty years in a veterinary practice, and that's really where I got my first. Um, I always wanted to work with animals since I was six. I can remember wanting to be a vet. Wow! Fortunately, the brains weren't quite there, <laughs> or my my application, shall I say, to. Uh, <laughs> to work either so um yeah i i went straight from school into um working in veterinary surgery and from there i got into behavior and training and the rest as i say is history 
right so how did you get into officially into dog training my first dog i didn't actually get my first dog until i was 17 or 18. um that was a long time ago and we didn't have things such as dog treats i used to use rich tea biscuits to train my dog <laughs> so i obviously had something in the back of my mind that that uh that the way to go was um reward-based training um i'd love to have my first dog again i could i could do so much more with that dog he was he was pretty awesome as your first dogs normally are and then yeah officially my next dog winnie i got when duffy was about Ooh, not Duffy, I've still got Duffy. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> my, I know, I was like... <gasps> and then uh, my next dog, Winnie, was my second dog. And I started... I did I did a lot more with her. I started doing agility. And that's when I started looking more into behaviour and training, etc. From there, which was... That was the 90s, I guess. God. Still young though, aren't you? Aye. Young at heart, <laughs> young at heart, just That's the body's sure. not always willing. <laughs> Tell us a bit about the dogs you've got now. They're both special in their own ways. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Duffy, who's going to be 11 this year. And I had him from when he was 10 months old. He's a working bearded collie, I believe, because... I saw an advert on Gumtree. I didn't actually know what Gumtree was at the time. Um, and it said for sale, looks a bit like the one in the picture, but more white on its face. And I was down in North London, he was up in Scotland. I phoned the lady, had a chat with her, and I just had a couple of criteria. I thought as long as he's okay with kids and cats, because I had two cats at the time, then the rest I could work with. So apparently he lived with four young children, She'd only had him a month, he lived with two cats and he was fine with them. She wanted rid of him, she didn't really want rid of him. She needed to rehome him because she had a resident German Shepherd that didn't like him and kept beating him up. Oh. Needless to say, he's not so keen on German Shepherds. Um, so I phoned my sister that lived about an hour away in Scotland and sent her across and said, can you bring a couple of the kids with you? And um, she took a couple of the kids with her said, yeah, I know, I know. If he tries to bite them off, cowering under the table, not to get him. <laughs> so off went my sister. Needless to say, they didn't want to give him to me the next day when I arrived in Scotland for him. That's Duffy. Hard work, I can assure you at first. He was loud and off his rocker and a delinquent. <laughs> Adolescent at 10 months, but yeah, turned into a pretty amazing dog. Just a bit. He is amazing. He is amazing. Yeah, he is, he is. amazing amazing he's wonderful he loves everyone i thought i've got a really thick dog here when i first got him he didn't seem to be able to grasp the concept of learning but boy once he did he loves it and he's not clever he just loves learning but he's that one special dog so that's duffy oh that's not duffy is it really no there's a lot more, more to duffy, duffy. Well, then we are going to go on to a question where you might be able to tell us a bit okay. more about yep. Duffy later. Absolutely. So let's not spoil the surprise. What about <laughs> your other dog? It's now Betsy. Now, I love Betsy. Betsy yeah, and Ms. me Bug. are friends. Betsy is a very special girl. She came from, 
when people hear how I've got my dogs, they're going to be a little bit concerned, aren't they? It's not really how I would suggest people yeah, go we don't and get dogs. I met, a <laughs> I met a lady in the middle of a field and I saw this dog bouncing up and down in the car. I should have got the clue there. And then she ran and was screaming when she got out of the car, racing around like an idiot. She was a bearded collie crossed with a border collie and she was a failed sheepdog who'd lived in a kennel for 14 months. And uh, she um, jumped in my car. The shepherdess said, she doesn't get in the car. You have to stay up and in and pick her up. I said, okay. She jumped in my car. She also said that she's never had any toys. She'd never had a lead on. Wow. She certainly wasn't house trained. Bless her heart. So the only reason she was getting rid of her was because she was having hip surgery. So she felt that she couldn't devote the time needed. She used to run up to the sheep, apparently, and uh, just stand there. That's pretty much what she does for quite a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she lacks lacks in confidence. Her confidence has grown and grown and grown over the years. But yeah, house training. <sighs> Give me a puppy any day to house train. Hard work, but we've got there in the keep end. Keep your bedroom door as shut. As long as we keep the bedroom, <laughs> bedroom door shut, we're fine. <laughs> any little bit of stress. Oh, I think I'll go and pee on a bed. <laughs> But she uh, loves her scent work, doesn't she? She loves scent work and she loves agility. Yeah. She goes either one way or the other. She's either woof off her rocker or, oh my goodness, the blade of grass blew the wrong way and it's a bit scary. Oh no, bless her. She's special, but she loves people. Likes a man. She likes men especially, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's it they say about dogs being like their owners? Yeah. You can edit that out. <laughs> I think we'll probably leave it in. We'll keep that one in, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so you have done some interesting training work. Can you tell us about some of it? Oh, what do you think's interesting? Oh. What do you consider interesting? You've got a little celebrity at home, haven't you? Oh, Duffy, you mean. Film work. Yeah. Or TV work, to be more precise. Yeah, got into that with Winnie actually, my second dog. They needed an old dog that, that was limping for an advert. I believe for Dogs Trust. She had a limp any rate because she had a funny foot, a gammy foot, she was getting on a bit. So she, that was my first foray into the uh, filming world with, with her. Got to know the, um, the uh, agent quite well lady called Kay Weston from Animal Ambassadors and um, they, they uh, yes, I started starting getting in touch with me a bit more. Um, when I got Duffy, he had only had him a few weeks, I hadn't had him long at all and he had to do um, an advert for a, one of those robotic Hoover things, you know, oh, yeah. just, just yeah, come out yeah. Hoover on their own anyway. So I said, I just want to make sure he's comfortable with the Hoover, which, uh, yeah, he tried to leap all over it and jump on it while it was moving. So he was quite happy with that. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that was his first advert. Then um, once the agents can see the dogs can do good stuff and are steady under the conditions, because they're not easy conditions, no. you know, it's not, it's not for every dog, that's for sure. Betsy, I don't think she's Betsy's okay with outside film work, but not so much inside because it's it you know it's just it can be quite a scary environment for dogs, so you do have to be careful. Um, EastEnders needed a dog for um, a few months because they wanted uh, 
the bulldog lady die to um, have an affair with a scruffy old mutt. So <laughs> hence Duffy got the part. So he starred in EastEnders for a few months. That's amazing. And what was his name? Was Tramp. It Tramp. It was yeah. Tramp. Yeah. 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 He lived with the Brannings, didn't he? Yeah, yeah Abby Branning. Right. Yeah. yeah, he started his... Um, his career stand or his um, thing on the on the on the series uh, standing outside the Branding's house barking barking barking. He came to a terrible end, didn't he? Bless yeah, him. I couldn't watch that episode. No. I'm afraid. I cried at that episode. I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. I've never watched it since. No. So you and must have enjoyed that. And you said the well, the crew were really nice. Oh my they? goodness! Duffy used to get so excited when he got there. He, I mean, he just loved it. He even had his own dressing room. Oh wow! Own dressing room with, with his sofa in, covers and throws that he could chill out in between. I, I mean, feel like, like it was more than a few months he was on yeah. there, though, wasn't it? It's about ten months. Ten I think. months. Yeah, yeah that's time. quite a yeah. long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it always was going to be a short term one, which is probably fine as I've moved up here now. Um, so yeah, he uh, he um, used to get very excited. He's quite vocal, as bearded can be, um, and so he'd be like, "I know where we are, brilliant!" And yeah, he went in and he'd do all his tricks for the cast, which um, amused some of them, not so much some, especially the one where I taught him to cock his leg on cue. Some of the pe- <laughs> some of the people that aren't quite so sure about dogs, they're like, "Oh no!" I was like, "No, no, it's a trick." <laughs> They're still checking to make sure their legs weren't wet. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, not so much now. We don't get so much now. We're up, up in the lake, up here in the Cumbria. But hey, but you do host workshops on your film work, don't you, for the APD team? Uh hi. Oh yes, yes, I do. Uh, yeah, I do some um, film work. Be a be a film star stuff. Yeah. For people that fancy it, I generally have a sort of camera and a little bit of a setup as well to see if they're comfortable in front of the camera. Because again, flashes and clicks, etc., can be a bit scary from some dogs. And just teaching some of the behaviours that that are fairly commonly used. Trouble is in film work, you get there being told you're doing one thing, and then they've changed their mind by the time yeah. you get there. So you've got to be fairly flexible, and and that's why the dog needs to be comfortable. The dog also needs to be comfortable working with other people. Some dogs aren't. Yeah, we, we had it uh, for the advert that's just come out now, Butchers. And it was um, really tricky because obviously we're using rescue dogs who've never. Yeah. So we had to be really selective. But you also have to be quite firm with the camera crew and the, the director like this. Absolutely. You have to think of the welfare of that dog in that time. Yeah. They don't like if understand. they're not happy. Yeah, a lot of sets actually that, that I've been on. He's, he did an advert for Barclays Bank as well. And the, the, I think the bigger places have uh, more, shall we say health and safety conscious setups and they even have to have a vet check before they go on there's a, there's a vet on on hand while everything's going on to make sure it all is going okay um yeah but it's it's interesting i don't think it's something i would want to do full time because it is a lot of sitting around yeah but but yeah no it's it's good fun duffy enjoyed it so we well he loves he loves performing doesn't he oh yes he loves performing camera out he's there isn't he duff's like yeah come on what are we doing <laughs> Well, Chris, you're currently chair of the APDT, aren't you? That's the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, for those of you that don't know what that is. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the association for the listeners who may not have heard of it? Yeah, Association of Pet Dog Trainers in the UK was set up in 1995, I believe. That should be about 27 years ago, is that right? 
So it was set up by a group of like-minded people, um, John Fisher, um, the late great John Fisher among them, that, that wanted to have um, a group of trainers that people could go to and be confident in the fact that they would use good scientific based up-to-date methods. So that's how the APDT became. Um, it's grown massively in that time. I think that we've got now over 600 members nationwide. You've got, you got more than that. Have we? Have you, did you look it up? Well, if I'm number 1,000 and... Yeah. Right. Um, yes, I know. There, there's about 600 current. Don't forget, it's going quite a long time, so some people have dropped ah, out. Ah, right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. I've got you now, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> so what does that mean if someone finds an APDT trainer? What, what does right. that mean? For so them? basically our members now go through a rigorous, rigorous assessment procedure. They have to um, hand in a theory. Well, you two ladies know you've recently mm. done your assessment. Rigorous um, procedure, isn't it? You have yeah. to answer a load of theory questions and you send that in before your assessment date. Your assessors, you have two assessors, and they read through your homework and make sure they're happy with it and just make any comments or questions they may have. If that's all okay, you're brought to a practical that, that we have at various locations through the country. And um, that practical consists of you having to teach a class of five or six dogs, three main exercises, um, while you've got assessors watching you it's a group of dogs you don't know a group of people you don't know and generally in a venue you don't even know so it it's a lot of pressure very stressful but it's the only way we could find of really sort in the yeah wheat from wheat the from the chaff, the chaff. Yeah. that's yeah. the one i was trying to think of um and then you get a, a short respite for, and then you're you, you're brought in to, to the assessors have a little gap gathering just to, to um, have a little chat and note down any questions they want to ask and then you have the oral after that that lasts about 45 minutes to go over any questions that came up in the practical, um, tease out any other knowledge that you might have there and also so your theory paper. You don't find out on the day whether or not you've passed because we don't know because they're, they're, then they are, they are marked according to quite a strict criteria. Um, to make sure you've got all the knowledge there and the skills to be a member of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers. So I guess really what it means is in an unregulated industry mm -hmm. there's been some regulation yeah, so if absolutely. somebody sees a member with a member number not just someone that's trained with yeah. you but with a member number they know they've passed that strict criteria yeah. Yeah, and so that could be helpful. To it's people. really helpful because unlike a lot of um, training associations we also have a rigorous complaints procedure and if, yeah. if anybody has mm. a complaint it means they've got somewhere to go to um, that that um, we have a complaints committee subcommittee that that will investigate thoroughly any mm. any complaints are taken seriously and depending on the severity and whether or not we think it's it's upheld or not you know the me the, uh, the member can lose their membership Wow and you wouldn't want to do that after going through all of that. No. Trust, <laughs> trust me, you no. wouldn't. <laughs> trust me, you wouldn't. Oh, it'd be quite interesting for me this year because I'm going to be on the other side of it because we're hosting assessments at my training centre this year. So oh, I fabulous. went through it last year being so you'll assessed know, and now I'll be helping nice. people who are going to be assessed. And you'll so. know how they feel. It won't, it won't have gone yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to yeah, be interesting yeah. for you to watch. 
a lot. Yeah, I'm really excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You got so a crappy good. venue for yeah. it. Yeah. Fab. Yeah. No, it's good and it's great. It's nice to be able to give something back as well. I think I think the trouble with the association is a lot of people don't realise how much work goes on behind the scenes because I've been on the committee for quite a few years and it takes up a lot of time. Mm. It takes up a lot of time and commitment. It's not easy. And you just join, but you think about it, you just join something and you've got no idea the wheels that are, that are, are running something. And, and it, you know, people all give up their time voluntary to work on the committee. And the bigger we get and the bigger we want to get, then the more work goes into it. I guess that's quite an important point actually Chris mm. you know people are giving up their time voluntarily to grow an organization with a, a code of ethics and values mm. rather than building a business yeah yeah that, that is why it's an association isn't yes. it and that, so that's quite yeah. an important point you raise there yeah, yeah so we're non-profit making as such um, we also run our own instructors course you might have been out going to ask me about that but yeah um, where where um, people that want to either become a dog trainer or um, progress their skills can come along and um, do so on our instructors courses and we've already said haven't we Georgia it's fantastic yeah all we three are, levels yeah. Yeah. Well, yes that's yeah. we, we couldn't get rid of you guys before. no <laughs> still haven't all these years later <laughs> and I'm st and I come and harass her in the lakes <laughs> what? exactly one of my favorite things guys is just I love the students the buzz that they get when when stuff happens that they didn't think could and yeah it's just fabulous that so, wow moment and and i love keeping in touch with ex-students watching their journey how they their confidence grows and yeah it's fabulous it's what, what courses fabulous. do you run we we run foundation for people that have got no knowledge some people that we've had come on the foundation courses literally haven't even had a dog before um and then we do an advanced course so that's for people that have already been in dog training that perhaps want to find another way make sure their their current skills are up to up to speed um and then we have what we call the part two for the people that have done the foundation still want to do more and i think that's probably my favorite yeah. part because party part two party part two <laughs> foundation foundation um have been before they know it they've loved it and they've come back and then we i think we up a gear quite considerably from foundation to part two we're like yeah, mm. I, I tend mm. to people have had a year to go away and get some experience and then yeah we bring the party on don't we in yeah, part two so much fun yeah we met on part two we did, we did yeah we were separate foundation different yeah. weekends weren't we and then we met on part i cornered two, you yeah. in the loo Oh gosh, I can't remember that. It was. You'd that's how you would remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really bad, everyone. But no, I remember we got properly talking in the loo. I can't remember what about. We, we cracked a joke anyway. I can't remember that. There will have been a joke. Yeah. I can't remember we, being we, I cornered think it was in the, the loo. first morning, and you were washing your hands, and I just popped. I'm out glad of I was mouth. washing my hands because <laughs> that would have been rubbish. Anyway, let's move on, George. Next question. <laughs> She's done it again. Here we go. Okay, Mancini. If you could be a breed of dog. What would it be and why? Oh my goodness. I don't. It doesn't have to be one breed. It can be a cross breed, it can be anything. Oh. 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 I don't know. I, don't, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. You don't, you don't want to I reckon. Okay. I reckon a terrier, actually. Yeah, I believe I think that. I'd like to be a terrier. They're pretty tenacious, they don't take any shit. <laughs> That's so true. Look at Tilly. <laughs> yeah, they've got a mind of their own. They do what they want. 
independent independent i'll only do that a few times yeah then, if yeah. you make it worth my, my while, while yeah. if you give me enough chocolate i'll do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that we didn't bring her chocolate oh anyway don't tell her that yet <laughs> she's like where is it chris the terrier chris the terrier yeah, yeah. mancini on the bite <laughs> So an Irish terrier, an, I think. Oh, an Irish oh, terrier. She's getting yeah. selective now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, I quite okay. like Irish Tough terriers. Why, why would you be an Irish terrier? I like their colouring as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it orange? Yeah, it is actually is kind it? of gingery well, orange. Favorite yeah, favorite yeah, favourite colour is orange. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, what are you currently working on? What are you up to? Well, since I moved up to Cumbria and I came out of a full-time job, 30 years I just did the dog training as part-time I was like oh I need to set up my own business up here it took me three years to so I finally got around to setting up Puppy Pals Cumbria because I have Puppy Pals dog training down south so I just decided I'd branch out and be very un unimaginative and just call it Puppy Pals Cumbria which I suit I think it suits its purpose and wow it's amazing it's um taken off classes are well, I think my classes are full up to April, actually. Wow, that's I know. amazing. Getting lots of one-to-ones. I love one-to-ones. Um, yes, I need time to devote to building my business. APDT stuff does take up a hell of a lot of my time. Um, but, yeah, it's getting there. So that's that's where I am at the moment, trying to make some money So you're in between the APDT <laughs> and Poppy Pals Cumbria? Yes. Yeah. But, but but the dog training side of things is what, what makes me, me my money, hopefully. Mm, but, mm. Uh, yeah, the APDT stuff doesn't make me any money. <laughs> <laughs> Committee work doesn't make me money. It just makes you she very, does very happy, yeah, doesn't it? very happy and dedicated. Very happy. It does, it does. <laughs> it, it's a worse one. You wouldn't have met us if it wasn't. Exactly, eh? exactly. But we call ourselves the Mancini Minions. <laughs> the Mancini Minions. <laughs> okay, this one's a biggie. Right. Oh. What train it? What dog training myth would you like? Would you most like to debunk? Do you know what? There's a lot. Have an opinion. Go on. Go. For there's it. a lot of dog training myths that I would like to. All of them on this podcast, or would you like to save some for a future podcast? Because <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a massive list. No, 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 no. no I'm kidding. So, nothing in life is free. True everything in life should be free you know people think dogs have to learn to earn everything and that's just a nonsense you know it's just that's just lack of understanding and of course the dominance myth is still about isn't it yeah your dog's trying to be in charge of you your dog's telling you what what it wants to do because it pulls on a lead so yeah there's there's two the other thing that I'd really appreciate people doing is not asking all and sundry for dog training advice mm. just because they've owned dogs for 20 or 30 years. But I've, I've heard that, you know, if you're out on a walk on the moor and someone tells you how to train your dog, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. One of my told me. Yeah. 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 Someone recommended, that's what you get, yeah, don't yeah. you? Someone recommended, I go, was it a trainer? Oh, no, no, just someone I've seen on the part. And I'm mm. like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, people don't seem to understand, do they, that it's a science-based subject and um, 
one day maybe the industry will be regulated and, and people will it's understand trying, that. It's trying now, isn't it? It's been in the um, in talks, hasn't it? Yes, 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 yes. It, we're, we're hopefully in the in the process. Um, Animal Training Behaviour Council are making inroads. Yeah. Um, hopefully into it. So yeah, one day. One day. One day, we'll be there. So you had a few myths there. Okay, well, we've actually, one of our listeners has written into us. Bob? Bob. Yeah. Bob's written in and he's got a question. Now, it's quite a broad question and it covers... You read because you're better than me. (laughs) Can you just tell me I'm better than you again, just for the record? I mean, better in reading, (laughs) right? (laughs) All right, I'll read this out and we are going to invite Chris Mancini to answer this. Yeah. That's what we're going to do because we might as well utilise her while she's here. Absolutely. Because you guys get us all the time. Okay, so the question goes... We have two wonderful rescue dogs from Spain. We have Connie, who is around three years old, and Dinky, who is around four. They are wonderful dogs and absolutely thick as thieves. We've had a lot of issues with them pulling when walking. Um, I must have watched every single YouTube video regarding this. What we have recently noticed, though, is that when the dogs are walked separately, they are much calmer and better behaved. So, we have resorted to walking them separate, one after the other. The only issue is this this takes up a lot of time. When they're together on a walk, it seems like they're both in competition with each other to be the first to sniff everything or the first to chase that squirrel they noticed 100 metres away. If one stops to sniff something, the other dog must come to sniff it too. Also, when together on a walk, they're a lot more reactive to other dogs and seem to feed off each other's behaviour. Is this competitive behaviour or is it about being leader of the pack? (laughs) Or some, I don't understand what this abbreviation means, F-O-M-O type thing? Let's have a look. F-O-M-O. I'm old, so I don't know when people... Or FOMO type thing. F-O-M-O type thing. We're not up to date. I'm not up to date with that that abbreviation, whatever that means. Do you have any tips to try and control this behaviour and make our walks less of a chore and more enjoyable so basically should we summarize that yeah i think he's answered his own question in a way i think he has i saw the answer to the question do you want to go over it chris so so basically we started off we've got lead pulling most that's a common problem hardest behavior to train really isn't it because we're so inconsistent as human beings so that's so that's the lead pulling part he said Dogs are much better behaved when they're on their own, mm-hmm. always, because it's not it's not one vying for dominance or anything like that. It's simply it's simply one will start the other off, especially if you've got terrier type dogs. Did he say what type of dogs were? They were uh, Romanian rescues, weren't they? Oh, Spain. So Spain. from Spain. 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 So um, yeah. So as I say, lucid walking, you have to be terribly, terribly consistent. I think we need a whole podcast to go over. We will. Yeah. Lucid and, and, if, and I'd say if he's seen every video, maybe go and actually go see a trainer, have a look for a trainer. And, and also, I imagine if you're watching loads of videos, videos on YouTube, they're going to be conflicting. Yeah. So you need the right, the yeah. right trainer. And, and if you get in touch with an APDT trainer, they'd be able yeah. to point you yeah. in the right direction Absolutely. for classes. But also, maybe worth noting the fact that rescue dogs from Spain may have been street dogs and may yeah. never have been on a lead absolutely. so there's, there's a definite training oh, lead there. Oh absolutely um, and I think the other question you always have to ask yourself when dogs are performing a behaviour that we don't like is one 
it might be a normal behavior for the dog it's just that we don't like it we can still change it but we have to find out what's driving that behavior yeah. don't mm, we absolutely. what's making that behavior continue something will be reinforcing it whether it's attention from us because we're telling them to stop it or or or, or, or something or if it's barking at another dog the dog goes away yeah. job done so mm. it learns that's what i need to do so therefore then we change the outcome i would probably just on a quick podcast without finding yourself a trainer i'd quickly i'd be trying to think about getting their nose down to find some tasty treats on the floor and changing the association of what seeing another dog means very brief that simulation emergency yeah, yeah. yeah emergency mm -hmm. stuff to do before because you'll you know, know you'll but, know before they're about to go as well generally yeah you'll, you'll see tension and we yeah. often give and them a signal by tensing yeah. up so yes things. they will be worse together because they'll set each other off and and support each other as well so not so much so so they're not competing they're just i, I think supporting is probably a better word yeah. yes there's a squirrel let's go chase that yes there's a sniff to do but they probably quite enjoy being together as well so the other thing is, can you find somewhere very quiet to walk so that you're not going to be interrupted by... Yeah, and, and when they are together off. and behaving nice, reinforce that. So reward that, because there will be times they're probably not reacting. So if they're quiet together, that's when I would be really heavily rewarded. That's what I like from you, basically. Because yes. a lot of the times in training, a lot of owners always look at what's going wrong and not what's going right. And mm. I think we miss a lot of behaviours that we could be rewarding. Yeah. So, to, so the thing is... To encourage more of that behaviour. Is we ask ourselves, what do we want the dog to do instead? Yeah, absolutely. And actually get the dog to do that before it goes wrong. Don't wait for it to go wrong and then try and correct it because that's always much harder for the dog to learn. And Set up more success. Yeah. And scent, if, scent work will definitely help. help and your walks become more enjoyable doing some searchy games plus i'd just like to say don't get hung up on the dogs have got to have x amount of hours there's lots you can do in 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 at home in the garden with the dogs that will give them as much stimulation enrichment mm. enrichment yeah yeah i'm glad you said that because i was going to say you know mm. actually my preference would be initially to walk them separately and if mm. that meant reducing the walk time slightly so you Definitely. get a better quality walk yeah. and then doing some um, training or some stimulation games at home yeah. that would help because as to we calm know, them down as well. Because we know if you have a reactive dog and you keep taking them out, it's going to get mm. worse. And then sometimes they need a few days off to do other things to bring them down a bit. Absolutely. To start maybe the training again. But also, if I was in this position, I'd definitely want to be getting some professional help yeah, because absolutely. you know you can only do so much, much. via a podcast. Exactly. We haven't seen the dog, we haven't we assessed yeah. the situation. No. We can only give you a really short snippet of absolutely. of instant help. But actually, if it depend if the reactivity was a behavioural issue, you might need a behaviourist, yeah. you know, for that. So could also get Shay Kelly's canine enrichment book or join mm. the Facebook group mm. as well. Just just to. Yeah, that's a, the Facebook yeah. group is stuff. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very yeah. good. Brilliant. Loads of games and stuff on there, isn't there? Okay, so where would you like dog training to be in five years' time? Five years. Gosh. Taken us a, a good frame. It's taken us a hell of a long time to get where we are today, and there's still a long way to go. Yeah. But five years, you can change a lot. Oh, do you know what? I just like people to be nicer to each other. Yeah. That's what I'd really like. Why do we have to argue with other dog trainers because we don't agree with their methods and that? 
I said that on my first podcast. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't yeah. it? What? You know, let's just get along. Work together. We believe Work the together, same. Educate. Yeah. Everybody has the same goals. Just get there in different ways. And it's nice when you build a group like we are, a group of you, that you can all support, ring each other, because there'd be always something that someone knows a little bit more yeah. of, and you can help each other of it. Yeah. You know, there's no need to, to punish your dog or be horrible to your dog to get behaviours you want. You know, that that is that that is outdated and unnecessary and why would you want to do that to your dog? I like to think it doesn't happen so much these days, but sadly I think it still does. But, you know, just think, would you do that to your child? No, probably not. Well, if you would, maybe you shouldn't have a child or a dog. <laughs> <laughs> But it does feel like things are changing quite rapidly now, yes. doesn't it, with that? So although five years doesn't seem like a long-term goal, in terms of change, it can take longer than that because things are moving quite yeah. quickly now. The gun dog training is, is yeah, the there's, dog there's training a big, has there's changed a big move for positive quite a stuff lot. In, in, in gun dog training, which is lovely. Uh, but yeah, there's and, and to be fair, agility's come a long way. Yeah. That has come a long way. Obedience is getting there. That there's lots of improvement and that you know people are setting up their groups because they're realizing that you know they can have happy dogs much better relationship with their dogs with with you know more what we call reward based methods for training their dogs so the dogs truly understand what they want and love doing it mm. yeah so i mean yeah. really you want a dog that that is really keen to get into the training hall don't it's, you yeah you know? and it's, it's also that they want to work with you that relationship yeah not fear you like oh my god what are we doing and they yeah. see you like i said well, i pick my clicker up and my dogs are off because they know what's coming mm. it's going to be fun if, if you didn't have a happy dog who wanted to train they wouldn't do that yeah absolutely like, my dogs want to battle downstairs like oh my god can i get up there first and i'm like oh geez i've got to manage them all and then before i take the one upstairs but that shows keen yeah well i've we've got a training bag with all our bits and bobs in and if i touch the training bag yeah. my two get, get up and the Ooh. next thing they're in the car like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to leeds yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's what they're like i mean bless them they're retired now but that's they, they did really enjoy that bit yeah your duffy knows soon as anything oh yes what oh yeah mum he'd rather do some training than go for a walk yeah <laughs> or scent work he loves his scent work he does and he and his tail when he goes round <sighs> He's on fire. He just loves we it. We did a little bit early today, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah. Loved Ma it. Made his day, made his day. And it's amazing for building confidence. Yeah. Scent work. Absolutely. Really good for your reactive dogs and that. Yep. Bringing I use, confidence, I use anything it all nervous. The time, yeah. All the time now. I think get, a pretty get their nose one. down, get their nose down, get their nose down. So, Chris. Yes. How could people find you if they wanted to contact you or get involved in one of your courses or your workshops how would they find you i don't sure if i want them to <laughs> chris doesn't she, want any work have you? Uh, she does. What <laughs> no i'm joking obviously um oh i'm okay uh, my my website is um www.puppypalscumbria.co.uk i believe um so and they can find us on facebook under puppy pals cumbria and my phone numbers and everything they can message me email me it's all on the website and facebook page you're also on the apdt site oh yes trainers. yes if you do want a trainer anybody um yeah have a look at association of pet dog trainers 
website and um, yeah you're, you can just click on an area or put your postcode in and search for local trainers in your area excellent Fab. thank you well it's been a real pleasure coming up to Cumbria to see you it's been lovely to see you Paula <laughs> and Georgia You've got I can't me for a few more days. I'm on holiday, by the way, guys. In the yeah, lake. Georgia's <laughs> staying here. I've just driven up and down. Well, I'm going to go she's down mad, after here. But she's done yes, it. Yes, she has. But it's worth it. It's yeah, worth it. So it's been really, really lovely to talk to you, Chris. And I'm sure that in the future we're going to have darling. you back yeah, to talk about other things. Um, and for certainly, sure. yeah, <laughs> Chris will also be at the training centre in Denholm with us at some point I doing some workshops. to come over and do some yeah. workshops. And mine, because yeah. I've already been asking oh, this week. there you go. Oh, so Anna. there's going to be plenty so of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be lots of opportunity to get involved. So again, if you want to contact us at the podcast, yeah. um, you can get in touch through the Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are on all of them, P&G Dog Training Tips. So if you want, just send a message like uh, the wonderful Bob did. So thank you, Bob, for your message today. That was really nice. Appreciate it. I hope we've helped you a little bit. We do have the email as well. We do have the we? email, which is I on there. I think it's on my email, that. Um, so, so yeah, so you can contact through our social media. Yeah, I would go through Facebook or Instagram, basically, yeah. at the moment. Um, so thanks for listening yeah, and if absolutely. you have any questions get in touch yeah thank you Mancini thank you lady what a pleasure see you later guys see you bye. later bye